0: Hi, my name is Lauren Windle and welcome to Sisterhood, a weekly podcast and YouTube series where we discuss all the important issues facing modern Christian women, from lifestyle to boundaries to social media to sex. And this week's episode, I am sat with Cassandra Maria and Toledale Fisher to discuss the very hot and steamy topic of sex and whether or not we should be having it before marriage. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and make sure you don't miss any new episodes when they come out. I'll be back for a quick chat at the end, but until then, enjoy the show. You are back tuned into sisterhood and a bit concerned about this episode. I'm not gonna lie, because we're talking about we're talking about sex. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you. Okay, but more specifically, we're talking about when we're having sex. Are we doing that in a committed relationship? Are we doing it casually? Are we doing it post-marriage? When are we doing it, guys, effectively? Oh, are you asking us now? No, no. Okay. <laughs>
1: well, I was <laughs> ready to yes, answer. Yes. Um, okay,
0: so tell tell me, what is your perspective when it comes to sex in relationships, sex before, after, during marriage?
1: Um. Biblically speaking, you should not have sex before marriage. Um, that is the stance. Mm-hmm. I have had sex before marriage.
0: Oh, wow, I have, okay, I wasn't expecting this to get so... so- <laughs>
1: I'm not married, guys, and I've done it. Um, Okay. I have been in committed relationships with people I thought I was going to marry, and they've said to me, well, I mean, if we're going to get married, we might as well. Um, And I was like, okay, we did not get married. They are now married to other people, Mm -hmm. and that is that. So, yeah, I mean, I I know that you are not supposed to do it, and I now am attempting now to save and wait until I find the man I want to marry. Um... But yeah, I mean, sometimes when you're in a committed relationship and you really love someone, and I guess you think, I'm going to marry them, you just think, well, we might as well. Um,
0: and that happens, mm. that is life. Mm. I, I mean, not every single Christian believes that that is the case mm. that that is what god is calling us to i'm aware that lots of people have got different mm. perspectives on this and there are some people who are happy to sort of cohabit with a with a long-term partner and when we're talking outside of the church i've got some stats for us um, couples under 30 69% are living together unmarried and this is like Generally. across all you know religions and none yeah um, and then when it comes to couples between 30 and 40 years old, um, it flips the other way and 69% are living together and married. So it's 31% who are, who are on that first about marriage or who are working towards marriage. What, Dole, tell us where you stand on all of this.
2: Um, where do I stand? Firstly, I thought we were going to continue that song because I had a really great harmony earlier to pitch (laughs) in with. So I'm a bit sad that didn't happen. Give us the answer and if it's good enough, we'll sing again. Okay.
0: All right. (laughs) The pressure's on.
2: So I feel like it's tricky for me because I'm divorced. So it's it's sex before marriage and after marriage. Yeah. And I really enjoy intimacy and sex. And so I have found it really hard to be... um, because i'm not married again yet i have found it hard to to abstain um having experienced the glory of it and how enjoyable it was for me um but i ultimately do believe as cass kind of gave what she thought was the biblical um idea that you wait i do believe that it's i believe that it's there's a sanctity when you and another person are on the same page about it and committed to one yeah. another and you have committed publicly and to each other and for friends and family all this stuff um I believe in the vows of marriage the reality is it's hard yeah I'm, I'm not saying that you should then go and do it but I'm just saying I think you have to accept that it's very difficult not to and especially once um you experience it and you know how it feels but like that's my situation
0: yeah yeah totally I think so I'm I sit with you guys on, on this. I think like ideal world, no one would have sex. No one would have that ultimate level of intimacy without that ultimate level of commitment. And I mm. think that relationships go wrong when intimacy, whether that's like physical, emotional, spiritual, the progress on that side doesn't match the commitment. Yeah. Um, and I've definitely experienced that in my life. And, and obviously I, was in several relationships before I was a Christian so it was a real mindset shift for me that that was something to save for marriage but I do ultimately believe that that is I was going to say God's best but is that a bit cliche is there a better well I, I think that, but what I feel a bit annoyed about and there's several things I feel <laughs> in, in, in in general, general, Let's go. Yeah, yeah, Tell us. around this because I you know I think there's a there's not as much grace and kindness oh, as there should yeah, yeah, be, yeah. Definitely. Toward, particularly towards women Yeah, mm. um, in this. And I know that, you know, a, f- a few of us know people who have gotten pregnant outside of marriage and things like that. And actually there have been some really severe consequences to that. And there's a part of me that's like, this needs to be taken seriously and whatever, whatever. But also like so many people in the church who are saying or portraying that they're not sexually active are and Mm -hmm. then this is the one person who has a visible consequence of that and they're being you know chastised when really there's sin all round and and we're yeah the other thing that i find annoying right is that the church particularly with young people the message is just like don't because that's what god says no one actually, because God's not, Jesus is not fun police, right? It's not just like, here's something you'll really enjoy, but prove you love me by not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that's not what this is. It's actually like, you know, we have free will. You can choose if you, you want to do that, you can do that. But here's th- this is why I don't want you to do that. Because actually like, this is a sacred thing. This is what it's designed for. And the emotional pain that can come from having that deep connection with someone and then waking up next to them and not knowing if they're gonna stay for breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, like, why has no one said that to rather than just being like chastity belts on and off you go? Yeah. You know, yeah. like actually like treat young people like adults and tell them like, hey, you can. And and there'll be things about it you enjoy, but actually you'll enjoy it so much more in this if context. And then. here's here's what you're risking. And I, yeah. Yeah. Go.
1: So yeah, I completely agree. I think the whole thing about um, women, absolutely. For some reason, I actually remember, um, I don't know if it was in a church setting or like a youth service or something, but we were discussing this and some of the younger guys in the church, they were like, well, men think about sex three times a minute. So obviously it's more harder for us. And I was like, is it though? And the emphasis was on that. The young men, like, we have to help you with that temptation. Oh, we yes. have to really help you with your sexual... And I'm sitting there, like, men and porn elves with the now, fear addiction, I'm sitting there like, but, hi, like, I have also explored <sighs> these things and I also yeah. might have an addiction yeah, and yeah. I also need help. And actually, I also get tempted because I'm not a man and my hormones are not raging. No one helped us yeah, with that yeah. and
0: so we just left and then when we do it, within
1: George harshly. so yes, I agree with that.
0: Also um, that whole, you know when people are like, oh, you just can't do anything to tempt your brothers in Christ, right? Oh, gosh! <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry, guys. You know how much that <laughs> annoys, annoys
1: me? Like, <laughs> move, just avert your you know, eyes. That re- Sorry, I get Jesus. really agitated. I get, oh, I'm getting hot. Like that <laughs> <laughs> really annoys me because Awesome. There's so much things first and foremost. Like we are just born looking how we are. Yeah. Yeah. I can literally men, some men, not all men, some men and I uh someone said this to me about comedy actually the other day. They said if I tell jokes about dating, men are gonna sexualize me. I said men will Sexualize a tree? Unprovoked? Yeah. If they really
2: want to, I, I agree. They will. Anything. That's quite is strong, to, but I definitely still agree. There, some men. Some
1: men. They <laughs> I'm don't need. To decide if I do agree, I don't know. There's some men ahead. that will literally, if they want to think yeah. about you in that way, there is to. nothing I can or cannot do that will stop
0: that from happening. There are women who could, who who generate that level of lust as well, but I think there that are. it is often. Uh, it, it's attributed to men. It is. Yeah. And and it's that, um, w- what I always think of is like, when Jesus was talking about somebody experiencing that lust, he didn't say, like, so women should cover up. He Just said, women. men should pluck out their eye. And it's not to <laughs> say that we walk around and, you know, we
1: obviously no, dress modestly. No, 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 no. But there are, you can literally have, Things up to here and things down to yeah. there. But if a man wants to think you can't about
0: manage
2: that way, mans. I it, I can't do anything about that. Responsibility on us yeah. to not try and provoke someone else. And it means that also the focus is not on us at all, because then it's like we become these de-sexed creatures. We don't like sex. We don't crave sex. All we're concerned about is making sure that person doesn't, mm. unless we're married, in which case make sure you've got roses on the bed candles yeah. whatever else people associate with kind of like romance and sex but there's no scripting around like mm. what to do you go from like you said being a youth group no sex it's not for you it's for mm. the married people and then when you're married go on go yeah. and multiply and that's
1: hard nothing
2: about like just how to become intimate with someone that you don't know intimately or like how to relax or how to feel you know comfortable with your Naked, some people have never been naked in front of someone else, and that's a
0: really hard thing. I have a friend who got married a few years ago and she did abstain. She, both her and her partner Christian, they did not have sex, she had never had sex. And when they entered into that relationship, she said she felt so let down Mm. because she didn't understand, like those areas of her body, those exactly. simulate, she didn't understand her own pleasure. She felt shame, she felt embarrassed about this like amazing thing. Yeah. So I think that our sort of like, it's a sin, stop it, you know, rhetoric is actually causing like quite a lot of damage, you know, and, and we're in a world that's obsessed with sex, yeah. but can't we show it in that, in that beautiful way?
2: We do need to because sex was God's creation. It isn't like something that the world or has created. It belongs yeah. to God, and I think we need to like reclaim it for yeah. the wonder that it actually is. Yeah. I think and so. what you were saying earlier about like uh, just to young people, I think they should be told that it's this wonderful thing, yeah. and that means you wait for it because you wait for wonderful things. You don't just—they're not some like casual experiences that you just dismiss as being just physical because mm. sex. I know people say, like, it can be just physical and fine. But ultimately, I feel like it isn't ever just physical. It's There's not. always something a bit more, even if it's a casual encounter, mm. I think more happens with sex. With there is. I think intensity. even the fact that you could create a life, like,
1: yeah. if you really yeah. think about once, it... Once, just doing it
2: once. Doing
1: once, you can make a whole life yeah. in that process. Mm. And if that yeah. alone does not tell you how That's serious really that actually true. is, and that there are, it's never just a casual... Oh, yeah, let's have fun. It's not that. You can make a whole human in that process with some guy that you just met down the road.
2: Or Or someone that you just met down the road. And can I also say, that one thing that's been prevalent when I was doing research on this before is that I can't remember what it's called, but there is a name for um, a pain that's not actually a physical pain, it's like a psychological pain that predominantly women get it, where they've been so shamed into thinking that sex is sinful, that when they finally have sex, Under the right circumstances, it's very painful, and they can't relax, and they can't, they can't. There's no penetration because they can't cope with it, yeah, Mm. yeah. And it's not, but it's not anything that can be diagnosed or helped with medicine because it's not a real pain. Yeah, sorry, it's not a physical pain. Yeah, and that's just terrible. terrible. Yeah, especially if you've been told. If you wait, it'll be amazing. Mm. And then There's you wait. There's definitely a prosperity
0: gospel thing around waiting for sex, <laughs> isn't there? Like, yeah. you know, you, God is going to give you great riches and you'll mm. be swinging yeah. from the chandeliers and you won't have ever experienced. And actually, like, Absolutely for a lot true. of couples, it starts off very difficult and they have to learn and grow together. And, and that's not being explained as much. I have to say, there are churches that run that sort of pair up couples, like mentoring with older couples. And I think that those are very honest conversations. I'm not married, I haven't been in them, but from what I've heard from friends, like actually Mm -hmm. that is super helpful. And in in the sort of accountability and intimacy of those closed confidential conversations, you know, they can be really frank about yeah. like a realistic perspective I think and, and there's also marriage courses and I know the Catholic Church is incredible mm. at sort of speaking to people I really, it's and really preparing that. them pre-marriage and, yeah. and the Church of England often offer these marriage courses and lots of other denominations have their own equivalents so it's not it's not nothing but I wonder if it's just a, sometimes could come in a little earlier
1: I think so because we're I mean people in reality, are having sex a lot younger than what they probably were. The whole world. Well, yeah, and because also, we're always fed things yeah. from, you know, they've got TikTok kids now do, and they can just literally go onto their phone and they might yeah. see something that's a bit, yeah. you know, and they're like, oh, what's that? And then before you know it, they're in this whole world. So I think,
2: yes, bringing it in a little bit earlier. But also... Changing the conversation. That is true, but also this assumption that it's only young people that are that are, like, not married. Like, we're talking about, like, yeah. no sex. And we're talking to young people. There are people in their 30s, 40s, 50s who have never been married. Yeah. And no one's speaking to them because it's, it's it, this weird section of the church. It is, it is a lot smaller than, I guess, than the, than the young people that haven't had sex. But it's still a group. Who needs to know how do you manage your expectations or of int- intimacy when you've been single. Waited
0: till your 40s
2: or people, 50, 60 yeah, and All people sex.
1: that have, um, so I have a friend who got married, she was a virgin until she got married actually. Yeah. She completely just didn't do anything with anyone. She got married and then she got divorced within a year and she was oh. like, how do I now go back
2: to Well, that's where I, that's that. where I am so as well. So
1: how do you then experience this thing? Yeah. Then, like you said, yeah. go back to be, she said, I can't. She said, yeah. I, I'm not going to. Um, Anyone they who've got disabilities, there are all sorts of. There's all kinds of. And he's very focused on young people that are young burning people together. who must <laughs> want
0: to have sex. Like, yeah. wait. Yeah, <laughs> and that's it. So look, the world is sexualizing everything. Yes, and that's that's a big sort of sweeping statement. Mm-hmm. But Some of that is creeping into the church, and I'd love to hear your perspective on this because I think I'm pretty sure that I've described people or actions or things as sexy, and what I mean is like, oh, that's attractive, or you know, yeah. Are we, um, uh, when I'm using that word, what do you think? Is it like a bit too precious? Like, come on, you know, you don't literally mean that you want to jump on it. Or, actually, do we need to uphold a higher standard and not use language like that? Doll? Um, I'm probably going to be
2: the one that is disagreeing with. I, I use the word sexy all the time, almost jokingly. I take off the e and put an, an underscore when I write it, just to show how people are obsessed with this like idea that it's bad and it's wrong. It's like it becomes a swear word in the Christian world. I I don't. I think it's because I'm trying to, collect, to bring back or to take back these references around sex that have been what so context do you
0: use it in though like what are you um i don't know if i should be shouting out
2: to my favorite lingerie brand here but anyway i provocateur have this slogan which is sexy never takes a day off and i love it because clothes to me really important because i feel better when i look what i think is good and it's about like sexy there is like it's a confidence thing it's like that kind of um, feeling that you are, yes, it's to do with attractiveness, but it's also like fearlessness and confidence that never takes a day off. So they use sexy for, that is underwear, but people may not even see you in your underwear, but it's, you know, under your clothes that you are attractive and confident and mm. all these different mm. things. Um, so I use it, I'd, I would avoid using it in certain settings because I know some people find it, would find it offensive. But would I say someone's, I find someone sexy? Absolutely. I definitely would. I would also say I find some people sexy and I find some people attractive and they're not necessarily the same thing. And I now, having said that, don't know what the difference is, but I know mm. when I see them whether they are sexy or just attractive.
0: Mm. What are you thinking, Kess?
2: You see, I,
1: I, when I was like in my early 20s, I used to hate that word. I did you? Yeah, I hated it because I used to flip it and say, "So you're basically saying that you see sex sexy," um, and I didn't like that. So had I you, had to, people called you sexy and didn't like. Yes, that's I why you like didn't like it. like it. Okay, I had a massive issues around that whole thing, and I used to be like, "I don't want to be. I don't want that. Like, no, mm. don't just see me as that." <laughs> so um, I'm more than that. Um, yeah. But as I've gotten older, I've realised that there is more to the word than sex. just sex. Like. You said there's confidence. Like, there was a video of
0: Method Man <laughs> on Twitter. That's when the you other thought day. Method Man was going to get back. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, sure. You know, why not? Just don't there was get enough Method Man these days. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> there was a
1: video of Method Man the other day, and he was in a suit, and he was with um, Damson Idris, and they're both on a stage. Uh, I don't know what a wardrobe was, but um, they, the comments were all like, yeah, his confidence is just so sexy. And I thought, yes, because he just, it wasn't that I looked at him I thought, right. I'm seeing Best sex. Yeah. I just thought his confidence and his, he was just stood in his suit and he looked good and I thought, that is, that is very sexy. Okay. That is quite attractive. So, yeah, I think my But should we use a different has... word?
0: Like, should we use fearless or empowered? No. Should we use attractive or confident?
2: Then none of you them really what? embody it. I'm an editor. I would use as f- I would like to use as few words as possible. So if we're saying, like, we're going to say attractive and confident and fearless, no, let's just say sexy. That encompasses all of those things. I don't have to be listing. You
0: don't like, think that we're like pushing forward this narrative that everything has to be around sex?
2: I, I'm not going to say that's what we're do- not doing, but I just. Very I just, politician of you. I just, yeah. <laughs> don't forget. I'm,
1: <laughs> <gonna, laughs> I'm, like, I'm not, <laughs> not going to say. I'm not
2: going to yeah. put my, what put Michelle my name Adama on do? this. <laughs> <laughs> Like that. <laughs> Channel her. Like. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't like this uh, banning words. Words okay. are really important. I think we need to say what we mean. Maybe, maybe it's if we know what we mean that maybe needs to help us make it clearer. But yeah, I don't. I don't agree with banning of the word sex or sexy. If you need to write it with an aster- with an asterisk or an underscore, be free. Yeah,
1: are you. I do think that we should reclaim these words, and I think. uh yeah, it's not a bad thing to be sexy if you are because some people are just naturally sexy, aren't they? Like
2: you can't help it. I can't help it. So what changed I, your I, mind was it what looking at this method man thing? Method man
0: changed your mind. He changed my life. Someone should no, have him, him that because that's big.
1: <laughs> Imagine. I think what changed my mind was as I started to come away from the idea that um it was sexy. Sex. Yeah, I I I just had a whole change of mind mm. about all of that. Yeah. That is actually not a terrible thing to be sexy. I used mm. to think it was really horrendous, and if someone called me that, I'd be
2: so offended. Where did that come from? Is that from church?
1: No, it was just growing up. I think. <laughs> how deep did we want to go? I think growing up, um, certain things would happen, and I would question why. And I thought maybe mm. I'm giving off an energy okay, that I, yeah, I, yeah, okay. I'm attracting these things. So, you so to I then put up a wall. Yeah, I yeah. then pushed that all the way over there. So when people would call me that. I'll be like, no, I don't want to be that. Mm. And then as I got older,
0: I thought, it's not a bad thing. Mm. Um, Okay. It's not terrible. Well, bringing it back to that sort of overarching theme of sex and sex before marriage, I did read an article with some really interesting points, particularly about the biblical aspects of this conversation. So I'll read a passage, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. The early chapters of Genesis give a basic blueprint for marriage. Even though it never says, thou shalt not have sex before marriage, it clearly suggests that sex outside of marriage flows against God's design. God's command to be fruitful and multiply in Genesis 1 is joyfully heeded by Adam and Eve. Eve after they are joined in marriage. The same goes for their descendants, Noah, Shem, Abram, and others all have sex and therefore have children, but within the confines of marriage. Throughout the Old Testament, it's assumed that God's, God designed sex for marriage. Deuteronomy condemns a soon-to-be wife who has had sex before marriage. That's Deuteronomy 22, 13 to 19. And the love poetry contained in Song of Songs delights in the joys of sex, but reserves it for a husband and wife. And then later on in the article, um, it says, we're losing the muscle that helps us compromise and persevere through something because we're just fulfilling our sexual desire anywhere. And this is why we're finding that we are the most single generation to date. And I know that as the person who just read that and as the host, the politest thing would be to hand it to you guys, but I've got some. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, go for it. Take it away. It. <laughs> I,
0: I do think, Obviously, the sort of biblical perspective I, I do agree with, and I think you you want to be in a position to welcome children and things like that when you're having sex. So you know, do your do your very best and and seek advice and support for that, and be really open in your conversations about what's difficult. Um, but I find it so attractive if I see a man is able to be restrained, because say I marry this man, right? Throughout our relationship he is going to be attracted to other women. Whether, you know, that's it. You know, it's not like you get married and suddenly everyone just looks Mm. like some sort of moose. You know, like there will be women at work, women at church who he feels like a bit of a, oh gosh, I'm actually fancy that person. If I know that pre-marriage, he can physically restrain himself with me, even though he fancies me, then I trust that he is not a slave to those urges mm. inside really our relationship. Yeah, really and he can offer more mm. in the way of fidelity and what I want in my marriage. So I do think that it's a muscle. Discipline is a muscle. Mm. And that's not just sexual discipline, like all yeah, things, course. submitting to God and, you know, and practicing that idea of, of maintaining or withholding from something is, it builds us up and it gives us perseverance and strength in in incredible ways, which translate really well to a marriage. Final thoughts?
2: <laughs> I just remember when, uh, this is a really tricky topic because yeah. there is there is a general line, which was a bit blurred, but when in the Bible, there the were crowds who were gonna stone this woman, mm. you know, Jesus said, "Let he who is not sinned cast the first stone." Right? Is that the right, yeah. the right term? And it just makes me think that, like you said earlier about grace, we there's. I don't feel like there's a. We need to have grace. That needs to be our first reaction, not like whether it's right or wrong, or what you know, condemning what you're doing or celebrating what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Just grace coming from that position of grace, because we don't, we live in a really broken world. Mm-hmm. Someone could wait to get married, for example and get married to someone who abuses them, physically, sexually, emotionally, spiritually, and then do they stay in that marriage? Or, you know, like, it just feels like a very tricky situation. So I think we need to offer grace all the time and and leave with that, really.
0: Mm. Yeah, Yeah,
2: Yeah, I I agree. Um, I also think that
1: we just have to reframe how we teach all of this so it's not so much just teaching okay it's bad but it's teaching how uh delayed gratification is teaching about discipline it's teaching about why we should why is it so great inside a marriage mm. what is the point of that mm. it's all of the teaching around it it's not making it be this really dirty horrible yeah. thing that you yeah. know because actually it's not yeah um and when you experience it with someone that you love, it's not that at all. Yeah. But I think, yeah, reframing the way that we teach and the way that we handle that whole topic will change how we all, I guess, relate to yeah. it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So sex is amazing. Yeah. It's best in marriage. Yeah. Healthy marriage. Healthy, Healthy marriage. marriage. Yes, that's yes. so important. Healthy marriage. Let's encourage each other to uphold that to the best of our ability, but let's have real grace because sexual sin is the great leveller. There's no one who, yeah. who manages to get away with that, apart from Jesus, obviously. Mm. And let's encourage our church communities and church leadership to talk more about it in a sort of positive, welcoming, yeah. setting people up yeah. to enjoy it when it comes around, right? So, I think we did that really well guys well I hope you enjoyed that episode we are trying not to shy away from the tough topics but it does mean that things can get a little bit juicy you can join the conversation online and let us know what you think on our social media accounts you can follow me at Cassville on all platforms and I'm at underscore Lauren underscore Celeste on Twitter and Instagram
2: I'm not on social media because I prefer in real life conversations but you can email Sisterhood at tbn.uk. Catch you next week on Sisterhood.